time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Welcome Face Welcome into a very special edition of 5th Avenue Faceoff. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Mack. I'm waving to you right now if you're watching the podcast on YouTube. And to those of you watching on YouTube, hello. Be sure to click on that little bell below the video here so that you get notifications as soon as brand new videos from 93.7 The Fan are ready. As soon as they're uploaded and available. And that will include all new episodes of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. If you're listening to this, preferably on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, it's free. Download it today. Uh, then be sure to tap that little check mark. See those three little dots up in the upper right-hand corner of your, your screen right now? Tap that. Okay, now following is what you want to do. You want to follow the podcast so you get notified as soon as new episodes are available. We will have another one after free agency, the first few days of free agency. So at some point next week, after some uh, some moves have been made by Kyle Dubas and other, mm, I was going to call him a GM, other GMs and directors of hockey ops around the league and rosters start to get a little more solidified. We'll, uh, we'll see if we can't do a roundtable edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff to get different thoughts and opinions on how the first few days of free agency have gone. So you want to make sure you follow the podcast inside your Odyssey app or subscribe inside iTunes. However you get your podcast, make sure you're getting notified as soon as new episodes are available because uh, you'll get that roundtable edition. Like I said, next week after a few moves have been made and we're starting to set off towards the rest of the offseason. And then, of course... After that, training camp only about two and a half months away for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And of course, every time something happens throughout the offseason, we will keep you up to date. All of that being said, the draft has happened. Uh, we'll talk just a little bit about that first round pick uh, here briefly. The first round pick, I love the name, by the way. Braden, that's my son's name. Of course, my son does it without a Y. Jaeger. Oh, yes. I'm sure Yinzer hockey fans like myself won't instantly come up with a drink at the bar the uh, the minute this guy is in Pittsburgh scoring goals, hopefully, called the Jaeger. But they won't have to get very creative, right? It's the Jaeger bomb, right? Or signs will be made or strip district t-shirts. But he's not going to be here anytime soon. So, that was a little bit frustrating, I think, from some of us who wanted to see Kyle Dubas do something more immediate with that 14th overall pick. He didn't. Maybe because there was just nothing else to do with it. Maybe there wasn't even an opportunity to trade back and get multiple second or third round picks. Maybe there was nobody willing to take the 14th overall pick uh, for the purpose of also taking some salary off of his books. Uh, he hasn't, he's talked about not wanting to do buyouts, which we'll get to in a little bit, but maybe he, instead of a buyout, he could have traded that pick to offload some salary. <coughs> no, I'm not coughing because it's, uh, an air quality action day in Pittsburgh. I'm coughing because I was referencing M Mikhail Granlund, uh, or even Jeff Petrie for that matter, as the Penguins have reportedly been shopping him as well. He's not one. I think you just cast aside with a draft pick though, to get him off the books. He's one. Maybe you can actually get something for, although that big 6 million plus cap hit may hamper Kyle Dubas's ability to do so there. I don't know. Maybe he could have dealt that 14th overall pick for a goaltender. Apparently not though, as it sounds like Winnipeg might be asking for more than that for Connor Hellebuck and not willing to retain any salary. And that is where we start our analysis of the Penguins offseason with free agency about to start. And that is the idea of clearing cap. Uh, we talked about Jeff Petrie. 
We talked about Mikhail Granlin. Look, in a perfect world, they get both of those cap hits, I think, off of the books. Granlund under contract for two more years at $5 million a piece at the age of 31 and not really doing much for this team, at least not down the stretch he didn't. Uh, it's a bit of an albatross. A third or fourth line winger at $5 million bucks a year? Yeah, you would definitely like to clear that. And just for reference sake, I know... I, I want you guys to know that I keep it analog here to a certain extent on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see right now the sheet with my uh, little scribbled up depth chart on there. See that? Gensel, Crosby, Raquel. And then on the second line, I have the newly acquired Riley Smith and uh, Malkin, obviously, and Rust. And then look at that third line. Nylander and Paling. I got a question mark next to him because he's a restricted free agent. Let me get the... And then... I got a Granlund there. Eesh. And then on the fourth line, what? We've got Pustinen on the left. We've got O'Connor in the middle, maybe, and Legare on the right. Oh, my God. Yeah, we definitely got some work to do on those depth lines. We'll get to that in a minute. And we've got Latang and POJ on the first line, maybe. I think that makes sense. Perfect for POJ to learn under Chris Latang's wing. And then we've got Pedersen and Petrie, who is a giant question mark. Because, again, with Petrie, this is... A big cap at six and a quarter million dollars for each of the next two years at the age of 35. A, uh, a modified no trade clause. He's got a 15 team no trade list. Uh, and then that final pairing, what Ruda and who? Jan Ruda and Chad Ruedel. Eh. I'm okay with Ruedel's a seventh, but I, I don't know from there. Ruda may be another cap hit you look to clear. Uh, two and three quarter million dollars over each of the next two years at 32 years old. If you think he can't keep up with things. And then we've got a mention of Ty Smith and Mark Friedman in there before we get to the goaltenders. Jari, a big question mark, because we think he'll probably get an offer somewhere else that the Penguins shouldn't be willing to match. And we've got Casey DeSmith, who's still under contract for one more year at 1.8 million. So for those of you watching on YouTube, I wanted to hold up the depth chart and show you that, yes, indeed, I'm still keeping it analog here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. And... The important thing, if you saw it down there at the bottom, $15.2 million still available in cap space. 15.2 as of uh, about 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday afternoon. That's after the acquisition of Riley Smith, which, by the way, I love. I love that acquisition because you get your second line left wing locked in for just the next two years. If they're going to keep Jason Zucker around, we're talking about a five-year deal at at least $5 million a year, which, oh yeah, by the way, also happens to be Riley Smith's cap hit, $5 million a year, but just for the next two years. So the fact that he's a year older than Jason Zucker doesn't really worry me because he's proven to be much more durable than Jason Zucker. And that's why I feel confident that this team could get away with their top two lines being cemented in. When we talk about a splash, though, which we'll get to in a little bit, I do think there could be an addition to that mix. Again, we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. The splash that may be possible. But clearing cap, in my opinion, is as easy as buying out Mikhail Granlund. I'm willing to take the cap hit in the next few years in order to clear the space now. Petrie, I'd much rather trade and see if I can't get someone to take most of that cap hit off my hands. But those are your two big options, I think, for clearing some cap space. Let's presume, okay, as we start to build things out here, that let's just presume that the Kyle Dubas can clear. Let, let, let's say he can't deal Petrie, okay? We'll start with that assumption. Or that if he does, he's got to keep like 
four million of the cap hit. And let's presume that with buying out Mikhail Granlund, he's able to clear a couple million dollars more in cap space. So let's assume that however he does it, however creative Kyle Dubas gets, he clears another, we'll be conservative and say $5 million of cap space. All right. So our 15.2 that I had down there in the bottom right-hand corner, again, if you're watching along on YouTube, that's going to change. We're just going to say 20. We're going to go back to a flat 20. Okay. Let's say we've got $20 million in cap space. Pardon the chicken scratch. I hope you can read it. $20 million in cap space. What are we going to do with that? Well, now that we've cleared the cap space, let's talk about the next biggest hurdle that needs to be cleared. And we all know that's the goaltending situation. And specifically, the Connor Hellebuck sweepstakes, which, as mentioned a couple minutes ago, sounds like it's going to be up to whichever team wants to bring Hellebuck in to take on all of that salary. Which, look, one year at about 6.1, 6.2 million, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Even if even if I've got less than 20, to be quite honest, although 20 is a nice, nice round number. If I'm bringing on an elite number one goaltender, and I don't have to worry necessarily about who a, a 1B, I just know I've got a decent backup in DeSmith available to me now, then I bring Hellebuck in. And, and, and I suck up the entire six point whatever million dollars in cap hit for this one year. I do it. I get it done. And if it means I got to trade next year's first rounder, I'm okay doing that. It sounded like earlier this morning, the day after the first round of the draft, teams were starting to talk about and you started to see moves made with first round 2024 picks in mind. If I'm the Penguins, and that's all it takes to get Connor Hellebuck. And it sounded like, at least according to Sean Gentilly of The Athletic, when he was on with the PM team on 93.7 The Fan last week, that it may have been as simple as a first-round pick for Hellebuck. If that's what it takes, and you can get it done with next year's first-rounder, do it. Absolutely. I do it. And I bring Hellebuck in. And then I've still got, what, $13, $14 million worth of cap space to play with going into free agency. So there we go. The Hellebuck sweepstakes, I think if you can win it with just a first round pick going back to Winnipeg, I'm good with it. Get it done. Eat the whole salary. Um, the question is, what if Winnipeg wants a an NHL level player in return? Because you don't have any prospects, let's be honest. You, you don't have a prospect I can't imagine that Winnipeg is interested in. Maybe a younger NHL level player. Well, that's when we start to talk about, hey, um, would you take a depth piece? like a Drew Connor or a Ryan Paling, restricted free agents, but you can deal those guys right now. I mean, it would hurt Sully, I think, to lose some of that foot speed from either one of those guys. But as a Penguins fan, if I can trade one of those guys in a first-round pick and get an elite-level goaltender back, I'd do it. Maybe that's not enough. Now, I believe, at least if I were the Winnipeg Jets, if I were uh, Shovel Day off, then I would, I would want more. <laughs> than just a first-round pick. I'd want your first-round pick, and I'd want an established top six forward. Let's start with Jake Gensel. Oh, you're not willing to do that? Okay, fine then. Brian Rust. And even then, even then, and you'll understand why I'd be willing to do this when we get to the splash in just a couple of minutes. Even then, I'd be willing to do it. I would be willing to win the Connor Hellebuck sweepstakes by sending next year's first-round pick and Brian Russ to the Winnipeg Jets for Hellebuck. 
because that's also going to open up cap space for us, right? For the next five years, it's going to open up cap space. And we're clearing 31-year-old Brian Rust, who was somewhat underwhelming this past season, off the books. $5.1 million in cap space. It's almost a wash now in the acquisition of Hellebuck at 6.1, 6.2. We're only adding a million dollars in cap space in that swap. Rust and a first rounder for Hellebuck. I'd do it all day, every day. But that's assuming they can pull it off. Let's assume they can't pull it off. Let's assume the Hellebuck sweepstakes is won by somebody else. I'll be honest, there are teams out there who may have more cap space, who may, may have more of a willingness to send NHL top six or top pairing defenseman level talent to Winnipeg in return for Hellebuck. If that's the case, who else is out there? And look, we talked about this list a lot. I've talked about it on this show. Uh, I've gone on Locked on Penguins with Hunter Hodes and talked about it, talked about it on the Fan Morning Show, talked about it everywhere. People want to talk about the Penguins. They want to ask, what's the goaltending fix? And here's the thing. If we start the conversation with bringing back Tristan Jari on a one-year, maybe two-year deal at like $4.5 million a year, I think there needs to be a realistic expectation from us as people who watch and care for the Pittsburgh Penguins that that's not going to work. Somebody's going to give him more than that. Um, if you go by all of the analytics, if you go by the projections, AFP analytics in particular, who I know the fourth period uses in the daily faceoff, um, if you go by them, they're projecting Tristan Jari at four years with an average annual value of $4.8 million. And you say, oh my God, what's he done for us? Who would give him that? Lots of teams. Lots of teams are in the goaltending market. And they look at him as a 1A and perhaps even just a one uh, with a decent two behind him. Maybe they believe that the injury concerns we've had here in Pittsburgh will be alleviated going forward. Maybe they don't believe in that hip issue being a chronic issue as it's been for him here in Pittsburgh, we've heard from some people. But if somebody gives Tristan Jari four years at 4.8 per year, gone. Sayonara, we appreciate your services, Tristan Jari but we're going to have to look elsewhere. And that's when things really do start to get down to the nitty gritty. And you wonder how fast Kyle Dubas is going to be able to move because Tristan Jari, in my belief anyway, once Connor Hellebuck lands somewhere, oh, I didn't bring up John Gibson. And let me tell you why. He's probably the second domino to fall in the goaltending market. I don't think, I don't think John Gibson and the Penguins are a match. I just don't. Because I think there are questions from management side about him not being able to produce better than his backups did the last couple of years in Anaheim. I think from John Gibson's side, it's a question of, am I really going to be a part of a contender on a long-term deal? Or is it one or two years of trying to contend, maybe missing the playoffs? Maybe I'm looked at as a bit of a scapegoat in that situation. And then we're rebuilding and I'm right back where I was in Anaheim on a rebuilding roster at an advancing age. And I'm getting blamed for everything. So I don't think that's a marriage that makes a ton of sense, actually. Uh, John Gibson and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So let's remove Gibson from the Penguins equation anyway, right? So let's say they can't land Hellebuck. Let's say whoever was trying to land Hellebuck goes down the John Gibson path, and now the Penguins are pretty much next in line, and they're trying to figure out, well, is it Tristan Jari? No, Jari wants close to $5 million a year for at least four years. Sorry, we're not in on that, Tristan. Now the teams that have been looking for one or 1A one goalies a lot of them are out of the mix. They've acquired Hellebuck. They've acquired Gibson. They've acquired Jari. 
And the Penguins are going to have to move quickly, very quickly. All of this, I think, could go down in the first 24 to 48 hours. So Saturday and Sunday of free agency weekend, July 1st and 2nd. And this is where we get to the list of guys that I've talked about ad nauseum over the last mm, two months, two and a half months. It starts with a guy I've talked about a lot as someone I like as a 1A to a strong 1B, and that's Jonas Corposalo, projected to land two years at $2.6 million apiece, again, by AFP Analytics. 6'3", 192, only 29 years old, inconsistent, but played really well when he got to LA after being moved over from Columbus and had a better team in front of him as a one a playing 55 games. I like him with a strong one B behind him. We can question. I think whether Casey DeSmith is that strong one B or not. If you're going into the season with Corpus Allo and DeSmith, I don't know if you're necessarily feeling very confident. I think you'd have to upgrade your one B at that point and be willing to move on from Casey DeSmith. Who would that one be? Be? Well, I think there's a, a great name in mind when we start to look out West based on how things may shake down in Vegas. And Aiden Hill is the other name to keep in mind when we talk about the game of number one goaltender musical chairs. Let's assume Aiden Hill uh, stays in Vegas. They're able to keep him at two years, three and a half, maybe even up to $4 million a year. They're going to be pressured to. He just won them a Stanley Cup. So if Aiden Hill stays in Vegas, that means Loren Brassois, he's available. Brassois projected to get just $1.5 million on a one-year deal. He's very similar. I've said this before to Tristan Jari in that injury concerns, in particular most recently this season, precluded him from finishing the playoffs for Vegas. Injury concerns make him almost like a, I don't want to say a carbon copy, but a slightly older by a couple of years. Tristan Jari, down to the fact that he's from British Columbia um, and is not necessarily a lock, stock, stamp it, one or one A. So, Brassois, as a strong 1B to Corpusalo, you'd be taking two goaltenders off the market then and probably doing so at only about four, four and a half million dollars of cap space. So, you're spending less than you would on Jari and DeSmith combined, who combined are probably going to cost you. Upwards, uh, upwards of six and a half million. So we're going to save a couple of million and possibly get better goaltending. That I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with Corpusalo and Brassois as my two goaltenders going into the season. One A, one B, one place fifty, one place thirty, and you hope that Corpusalo gives you more of what he gave the Kings down the stretch, and you hope that Brassois finally stays healthy enough that you can depend on him to be your 1B. The other options, aside from all the names I've already mentioned, we've talked about Hellebuck, we've talked about Gibson, not going to come back to Pittsburgh or come to Pittsburgh, I guess. Jari, going to get priced out of the Penguins market, at least I believe so. Aiden Hill, probably priced out of the Penguins market. It brings us down to, really, a bunch of 30-somethings. And if you're willing to lean on any of these guys as a 1A, I think there's only one I'd be really confident in as a 1A. And the other three guys probably looking, well, probably looking at as a very strong complement to a 1A. So this is tough. You're going to have to stitch this together. 
And you're going to have to do it on the fly because, again, if you don't win the Hellebuck sweepstakes, Hellebuck, Gibson, if the Flyers aren't willing to deal Carter Hart in the division, who I have not mentioned yet to this point, and then all of a sudden Jari's off the market as well, Hill's off the market, you got to start Velcroing pieces together to get yourself to 82 games in net. If it's not Corpusalo and Brassois, which I would prefer, then it's a bunch of old guys. 35-year-old Semyon Varlamov projected to get two and three-quarter million each for the next two years. He should probably handle the puck less than he does, but still a 1A when he's playing consistently well. So Varlamov and Brassois, or Varlamov and DeSmith, maybe. Um, Freddie Anderson definitely fits that mold as well. A couple years younger than Varlamov. Uh, played really well when healthy this year for Carolina. Older, bigger, I think a Jari replacement as well as Varlamov. An older Jari replacement as well as Varlamov. Freddie Anderson could be that. And then you don't have to worry about dealing with Casey DeSmith. Um, Anderson, a little more expensive. Probably for a year, for two years. Again, now we're up around $6 million on goaltending, but still less expensive than Tristan Jari, most likely, and less term than Tristan Jari as well. If all of these guys who I've mentioned are now flying off the market and Kyle Dubas is left scrambling, the only other options I see out there that I'd be okay with, and again, this is assuming Hellebuck, Gibson, Hart, Jari, uh, Hill, all gone, gone off, off the market or otherwise unavailable, as well as Varlamov and Anderson. We're down now to Antti Ranta and Cam Talbot. Oof. Okay. Um, very strong 1B Talbot, in my opinion, but I don't, I'm not comfortable going into the season with Talbot and Jari. I'm holding my breath at the very least with those two as my tandem. Talbot, only going to cost you probably two, two and a half million on a one-year deal, though. 35 years old. Solid, but mm, can you trust him? And Antti Ranta, can you trust him to remain healthy? Excellent 1B, I would think. Excellent backup if he can stay healthy. But again, we're talking about remaining healthy and dependable. And can you rely on Ranta for that? You comfortable going into the season with Ranta and DeSmith? I'm not. So all of a sudden, we're up against it. That's why I think this has to be a priority in the first 24 hours of free agency, if not before free agency. And who knows, maybe it's already been taken care of before you hear the sound of my voice. And I just spent 15 minutes talking about goaltenders and you just fast forwarded right through it. If so, hi, welcome to Fifth Avenue Faceoff. We're through the goaltending portion of today's conversation because, well, the Penguins already did something. But if they didn't do something, then that was a valuable 15 minutes we just spent on that discussion because things get thin real quick when you get past the big recognizable names. And we're on now to, well, now that we've hopefully figured out goaltending, the splash. What's the splash? What could the splash be? There's one name out there that I think the splash could be on the free agent market. We'll get to trades towards the end here. But on the free agent market, since that's our focus here today, splash is... Not a Toronto guy, not a gritty guy, not a guy uh, with size. It's a guy who's got a little bit of all of it, maybe, other than the Toronto thing. It's Tyler Bertuzzi. Now, we're talking length of term here. And does Dubas want to commit to anybody 
for five or six years on this year's free agent market. I think if there's a guy you would do it for, I'd be okay doing it for, it would be Tyler Bertuzzi. If you tell me you can get him at five and five, five years, five million per year, I'd be, I'd jump all over it. Now the projections say it's going to be more like six years and five and a quarter average annual value. But this is a guy that's tough. He's pesky. I know he didn't produce down the stretch and into the playoffs for Boston. But who did? Okay. Uh, tough, pesky, persistent. The kind of four checker that Mike Sullivan absolutely loves. Has skill. Not small. 6'1", 200 pounds. Plays thick. Plays tough, especially in front of the net. Could play a top six wing. And Bertuzzi, in my opinion then, Gives you the capability of moving Riley Smith around. Gives you the capability of moving Smith down to a third line. Or if Bertuzzi slumps, he's on the third line. And those are guys that can carry a third line. Granted, from the wing, but they can carry a third line. From the wing. And so Bertuzzi, for me, is the splash. The nest he plunge into the pool where Dubas says, okay, man. I wasn't able to figure out goaltending here in the first 18 to 24 hours of free agency. I got to get moving in a different direction to figure out how am I going to build this thing? And Bertuzzi to me is worth the squeeze. It's worth the extra year of term. If you have to give him six years and if you have to give him five and a quarter or even five and a half, I do it. Now you're saying, Chris, do we need the splash if we go out and get Hellebuck? I don't think so. If we go out and somehow, for some reason, the Flyers are willing to deal Carter Hart within the division. No, I don't think you need to. Uh, if we're able to keep Jari around on a short-term one- or two-year deal at less than five mil per year, do we need the splash? That's my break point. Yes, for keeping Jari around, I still think we need to go out and get some splash to help the production up front and deepen this lineup. So that's where the cutoff is. No Hellebuck, no Hart, eh, then I need splash. I need Bertuzzi. I need to go out and make that happen. Now, from there, if he's not the splash, there is still splash available. But keep in mind, I, again, if I'm in Dubas's shoes, if I'm in Spetz's shoes, I'm not looking for anything over the age of 30 when I look at splash. Bertuzzi's 28. That's starting to push it for me. But there are guys out there who could provide splash but they're north of 30. And this is the don't call me old, I'm just experienced list. This is the, they're all names. They're all names you recognize, but they're names you go, oh, wait, wait, do I like this guy just because of the name or do I like him because he can actually provide me with something? And these are the names that, again, if you can't land Hellebuck, if the Flyers aren't willing to deal Carter Hart in the division. And th those are really the only two options. If those are your, those are fallen by the wayside and you're left going back to Jari on a short-term deal, which I don't think will happen, or somehow patchworking together your goaltending position otherwise, this is where I go. And I do consider some splash here, even at an advanced age. I'll start with the oldest goat of the bunch. No, I don't mean greatest of all time. I mean old and that he's like a billy goat. He stands up there on the mountain and just punches people with the hooves off the top of the cliff. And they go Meh. backwards. 
it's officially the first goat noise we've ever done here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. The oldest of the bunch, Eric Stahl. I know, I know. What? Huh? One year, less than a million, though, or right around a million is what he's projected to get from AFP Analytics. He's still, he's still an old billy goat, 6'4", 200 pounds. You need somebody who is admittedly going to be streaky offensively uh, and with his face-offs, but has size, has awareness, and can function as a prototype 3C, third-line center. This, I think, is the guy. Everybody's going to be up in arms. Oh, my God, It's here we go. It's Jeff Carter all over again. But no, because if you can get Stahl on a one-year deal at less than a million, there's so much less risk than anything you were risking when you acquired Jeff Carter a couple of years ago. Now, that's not my favorite on this list, on the don't call me old, I'm experienced list. Stahl is not my favorite. My favorite is probably Alex Kalorn. Well, Alex Kalorn or Ryan O'Reilly. And let me approach both of these from this point of view. You go, well, okay, O'Reilly is the first he's a Dubas guy, right? Or at least a guy that Dubas has acquired recently guy. Uh, and I would say, yes, absolutely. That is, that, that's part of this. <laughs> I think Dubas likes him. He went out and traded for him just a few months ago. So O'Reilly though, projected to get overpaid. Let's be honest. 3 million, or excuse me, five and a half million a year at at least three years. But this is your prototypical high-level two-way center with size who on some teams maybe maybe a second-line center. Eh, maybe a couple of years ago he would have been that second-line center. Now, and especially here in Pittsburgh, he's a third-line center with face-off skill, with leadership oozing out of him. Ryan O'Reilly, I like it in the they're not – don't call me old. I'm experienced category um, because he is 32 and anything more than three years. I don't think I'm committing to, but O'Reilly. Oh, 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 O'Reilly to go with Riley Smith. Oh, I love the names now. Lots of hockey names. Um, that's probably my favorite on the North of 30, but still possibly worth it list. That cap hit though. Five and a half is a lot to, Swallow and probably out of your range if you've somehow landed Hellebuck, right? Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. As we work our way down this list, I mentioned Kalorn. Kalorn is 33, probably looking, according to the projections, at a four-year deal, five and a quarter, five and a half per year. That's really getting to be kind of rich for me, given a 33-year-old a four-year deal. But look, he's a good, responsible two-way left winger um, who is coming off a career year offensively. So that's a guy who, again, is interchangeable, I think, with Riley Smith in that the hot one is playing on Malkin's left wing. The not-so-hot one is anchoring your third line. And the, the only issue would be it would have to be $5 million or less, and it would have to be three years or less. So it would require a real cooling of the Alex Kalorn market. So O'Reilly, Stahl, Kalorn, all names we've mentioned. The other two are completely diametrically opposed to one another, in my opinion, as far as how you would use them anyway. And they are 
on the don't call me old, I'm just experienced list of free agents, at least free agent forwards. Vladimir Tarasenko and Noel Achari. Let's start with Tarasenko. Um, he's going to create an issue because he's going to want to play on his off wing, which Sullivan is not traditionally a fan of, but he's left-handed is going to want to play the right wing, which is going to create an issue with Rust and Raquel over there. Because if Rust and Raquel are playing well, where is Tarasenko going? Where is Tarasenko going on the power play for that matter? If you're to bring him in, especially if you're going to bring him in at at least three years and just over $5 million per year. But this is a top six forward with an incredible shot, all kinds of skill, but he's never going to play 80 games either. And again, how do you fit him in on the power play? How do you fit him in on the right side? I presume you could put him on Malkin's line. That makes sense to a bunch of people, not just because of their nationality, uh, but then that allows you to bump Rust down to the third line. Gives you a little bit of an anchor for the third line, not at center. The one I really like, I think, as we work our way down this list is Noel Achari because he can bump up to the right wing if Ruster Raquel is injured or otherwise ice cold. Uh, he loves contact. He's a bowling ball, right? He's just a bowl in a china shop, Achari. For 5'10", he's 2'10". He's built. He's jacked. 31 years old, and you could probably get him on a two-year deal at about a million and a half per year. I like him as the, okay, I can't get another third-line center out there. Actually, I probably like him as my primary third-line center target, above and beyond O'Reilly, above and beyond uh, a fallback option of Eric Stahl, because O'Reilly, like I said, is going to ask for too much money and probably a little too much term. And so give me Noel Achari. If you can get Achari, and again, we're talking about a Dubas guy. Dubas just went out and traded for him as a part of the O'Reilly deal. This is perfect. This is just what they need. Physicality, but speed. Uh, loves to forecheck and kill penalties. This is a Mike Sullivan guy, and he's only 31. And if you can get him at just two or three years at a million and a half per, I'm in on Nola Chari. And he's, you know what? I said O'Reilly was probably my favorite of the don't call me old, I'm experienced list. I take that back. Uh, Achari at 31 years old, able to play third line center and bump up to a top six wing position in situations of dire need. He's my favorite here, actually. So Achari and at a million and a half per, maybe 2 million max, depending on term. I like him a lot. So we're now through the, the goaltenders and the splash, if we can get it. And the don't call me old, I'm experienced portions of the list. This is where things get interesting. This is where we can't make the splash. But we've got to, like like Cody Sable, the artist, we've got to throw something at the canvas and, and make some sort of move. So the splatter, it's not a splash, it's a splatter. And there are a ton of names on this list. Again, I consider Bertuzzi the splash and all of these names, the splatter, okay? And I'm going to throw a handful of names at you. And I'll make a, an argument for each while I take a sip of water here. And they've all got different reasons why I think they would make sense. Um, a couple of them because they're coming from Toronto, and I think Dubas and Spezza may want to bring them in here because they make sense. Uh, one of them because he's familiar with Pittsburgh and the guys in the room, and I think makes sense. One, 
because he's just a tenacious four checker. Uh, and the final one, because he's just the, the classic word, the classic hockey cliche jam. He's got it. Okay. And his dad may like this move. You know where I'm going with that one. So let's start with the Toronto guys. Uh, Michael Bunting and Alexander Kerfoot. Kerfoot's going to be less expensive, probably four years at around three and a half million a year. He's a Swiss army knife. He, he really is. You can use him anywhere in the middle six, I think, whether it's to center on a third line, play wing on the second line. I, I, this is Kerfoot, I think, because of the hands and the smarts, the ability to play 200 feet, I really like, and I think makes a ton of sense coming into a Kyle Dubas-led roster. Michael Bunting, going to be more expensive. I mean, we're talking at least five years, probably, at north of $5 million a year. For me, that's a little too rich for a middle six left wing, uh, who admittedly does play a good 200-foot game, but I think is going to be overpriced on this market because of his production this year. So Bunting and Kerfoot, the Dubas guys. The Pittsburgh guy, or maybe not Pittsburgh guy, I shouldn't say that, but the guy who's familiar with Pittsburgh and familiar with the Penguins, if not with this management team, Evan Rodriguez. Yes, Erod. Uh, talked about him a lot last year with our friends out in Colorado. Projected to get somewhere around three years, three and a half million, three and three quarter million per year, which means he's looking to cash in on this contract. I don't know if that makes him right for the Penguins, though, in this environment. Uh, versatile, we know that. Uh, in that middle six, occasionally going to be able to bump up when he's hot to play on a second-line wing, but perhaps more of a third-line winger, uh, especially when he's not necessarily hot. But again, great shot when he's on and familiar with the organization. The guy that I think makes a ton of sense and probably ends up being the best option if we're looking for not a splash, but a splatter. Again, we're just, like I said, like our guy Cody Sable, throwing paint at the canvas and just splattering it, is JT Comfer uh, from Colorado. Projected to get a five-year deal, though, but he's only 28, so I'm okay with that, I think, as long as we can keep it at $5 million or less. This is, especially if you're forced to deal Rust to Winnipeg, if that's something Winnipeg would be interested in. You're telling me i got to deal next year's first and Rust to Winnipeg for Connor Hellebuck. Here's my Brian Rust replacement in JT Comfer because he can play the right side. He can play left wing as well, versatile on the wing, has a good defensive conscience, could maybe kill penalties like Rust has done in the past, can play a little more physical, I think, than Rust, tenacious on the forecheck, a Mike Sullivan guy all day, JT Confer. If you can get him at five-ish, no more than five and a quarter, and preferably four years rather than five, but okay, if we got to go five, he's 28 years old, I could do it. I'd go with Confer. The other name on this list, other than Kerfoot and Bunting and Rodriguez and Confer, is, I mentioned his dad, very good friends with Mario, comes back for the fantasy camps from time to time, Max Domi. Uh, Max Domi projected, though, at a five-year term, according to AFP analytics, at nearly $5 million a year, four and three quarters. I, I think plays with a style that the Penguins could really use, likes to agitate. He's got some jam, but that can lead to some defensive liabilities from time to time. He's got skill, too. He's not his dad. He's not, he's not a scrapper. He's not a fighter. Don't get confused. Max Domi is not his dad, Ty. Middle six wing, third line center, versatile. But like I said, with a little more jam than an Erod or even a Kerfoot. Uh, and certainly more jam and grit than a bunting. Uh, I prefer Comfer, I think. But Domi, I think, as a secondary option, 
is right there on that list of that handful of guys I gave you for maybe not splash if, you, if you're not in on Bertuzzi, but a little bit of splatter. We throw some paint at the canvas. And now we're talking about building out some depth as well. Or as I said, in conference case, if you're forced to deal rust to either create cap space or just send some resources back to Winnipeg in a Hellebuck deal, there you go. That's a possibility. Um, so all that now, what happens when we've either made a splash or a splatter, hopefully we've solved the goaltending issue and perhaps we've moved past the, please don't call me old. I'm just experienced guys. We've moved on to the ripple effects, right? Now we're looking to fill out the depth pieces. And again, I've got about a handful of names that I think make sense here. And bear with me, because there's primaries and there's secondaries as far as the ripples go. Um, the primaries would be, and I'll throw, again, a handful of names out there for you. They would be, I love this guy because of his size, Pierre Engvall. Um, I really like him. A strong four-checker, valuable depth forward who can play multiple positions. Just needs to finish a little bit more offensively, but 6'5", 214. Fill him out a little bit more, maybe. He's 27 years old. If you could get him for four years at less than $4 million a year, I love that. Love that because I lock him into a third-line left wing for the next second-line left wing at times, too, depending on how long Riley Smith sticks around for the next three or four years. Other options, Miles Wood, who's a little bit cheaper, probably $2.5 million a year for the next three years. Another Swiss Army knife in the middle six with skills, hands, and smarts. A former Penguin product, or former Penguin prospect, I should say, Oscar Sundquist out there as well. Nick Ritchie out there as well. If you're looking for more size, 6'2", 230, he'll beat you up in the corners. Big net front type presence. He's a sledgehammer when maybe you'd rather have a scalpel. But both of those guys, options, as we're looking for ripples to fill out those depth pieces on the bottom six around a Nylander and a Paling and an O'Connor. Hopefully not a Granlund. Brings me to another set of five guys that I really like for ripple maneuvers as far as depth forwards go. Um, Ryan Donato, I like. Uh, handsy, although not great feet, I guess. Not great foot speed. Middle six winger, third line center. Um, same thing goes for Tyler Mott. Probably not a center, but strong away from the puck, persistent four checker. You're going to get him at maybe a million, million and a half, and maybe only on a, a one or two year deal. And then Joel Kivaranta, smart, good away from the puck, uh, but small, only like 5'10, 5'11, 180, 185, a depth winger. And again, at about a, a million, probably on a one, maybe no more than two year deal. And all of a sudden, we're around as we're talking about ripple moves now for the depth forward pieces to the former Penguin portion of our broadcast, Teddy Bluger, Danton Heinen, Zach Aston-Reese. Yes, I mentioned all three of them because all three of them fit the bill, to be quite honest. If you can get them at two years and less than $2 million a piece, which I think you could get any of those guys at, the projection on Danton Heinen a little high, three years, two and a half per year. But all of those guys fit and you've seen them work in your bottom sixth in your bottom six, pardon me, especially Bluger. So lots of names out there to fill out the bottom six around Paling, Nylander, and O'Connor. 
And those are the ripple moves, in my opinion, that you can make that help fill out the roster. There's a couple guys left that I mentioned, to be honest, just because they're big. Those guys, just because they're big, and I do think size is important, okay, are a guy we recognize from here in Pittsburgh, the just-because-they're-big category, uh, gives us just two names, and they are Radim Zahorna. Oh, yeah, Big Z, I'm going there. And Julian Gauthier. Um, you, you probably don't know. Maybe you do know Gauthier. Let's start with Big Z, though. Radim Zahorna, projected to get a one-year, $750,000, $775,000 level kind of deal um, out there on the market by AFP Analytics. Familiar with the organization. Versatile in the bottom six. Doesn't score or go to the net, I don't think, as much as we'd like to see. But again, six foot six, I'll take the space eater, I think, on the bottom six to help fill out around Nylander, Paling, O'Connor. Don't know if he'd be able to keep up with them, though, and we question how much Mike Sullivan really likes him. The other guy I mentioned, I, I think Sully could learn to like this guy if he could play 200 feet. Julien Gauthier. Gauthier projected to get about a year and 850000 Underwhelming despite his pedigree and his size, 6'4", 225, 230. A bit of a reclamation project. But if you get past all those other names I've mentioned and you're still searching for someone to help fill out the fourth line, you could do worse than Gauthier. And his offensive skills may bubble to the surface. Those guys, Zahorna and Gauthier, I mentioned, just because I really believe in size on this free agent market in this offseason, even though Mike Sullivan says it's not necessarily that important to him, uh, I mention it because I do believe you need to value it this offseason. Uh, and, well, just because they're big. Which brings us around to, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we didn't talk about defensemen. Let me get another drink of water because this is something we have to have a talk about, the defensemen. Now, whether you believe it should be Pierre-Olivier Joseph playing with and learning under the wing of Chris Letang, or you believe it should be Marcus Pedersen giving Letang a more steady defensive presence on the other side of the ice, and POJ plays with whoever your second right-handed defenseman is. If it's Jeff Petrie, okay, we haven't cleared the cap space. If it is Petrie, all right. Um, those are your top four, POJ, Pedersen, Latang, and maybe Petrie. Um, it leaves you with at least one left-handed hole, assuming you're not keeping Ruda around. Maybe you are. And at least one right-handed hole, if not two right-handed holes. So let's real quickly talk about the defensemen that are out there, and I think you can take a look at. This is dependent, though, upon... Did you make the kind of moves with goaltending that you wanted to make? And have you been able to fill out your depth forward pieces to this point? Because I, I honestly think if you have to, I'm not excited about this, but if you have to go into the season with those five as your guys, POJ, Latang, Pedersen, Petrie, and Ruda, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. If you're giving Ruda limited minutes, 
if you're putting Pedersen out there with Petrie and maybe telling Petrie to skate with the puck a little bit more and Pedersen will cover his ass and POJ is learning from Latang or vice versa, POJ is learning from Petrie and you tell Petrie to be a little more conservative and Pedersen is providing a strong defensive compliment to Latang when he wants to gamble and skate a little bit. I'm okay with that, but you're going to have to find somebody that can move then to skate with Jan Ruda, somebody on the right side, preferably. I think I like a guy. And I think even though he's not skillsy, he's safe, he's solid, and he's a right-handed defenseman who you can get for probably two years at less than $2 million a year. He's Connor Clifton. Uh, I like him because he's he does play, like I said, with a little bit of size, and he's only 28 years old. Uh, the other right-handed defenseman that I like out there but to be quite honest, is not coming in to play a third uh, pairing role is John Klingberg. And you're going to have to spend for him. He's almost dependent on Petrie being cleared off the books and everything else you've done on the free agent market has been at a bargain rate and you've got cap space left sitting around and you want to maybe, this is like a mini splash on the blue line in essence would be Klingberg because you're probably talking three years. You're probably talking at least four and a half mil you, if, if you follow the game at all, you know, smooth skater, smooth puck handler, big shot, but defensive liability. That's where you would pair him, Klingberg, with Pedersen and let POJ play up top with Latang. Um, now you're still then shopping for another right-handed defenseman or perhaps talking about uh, playing with Ruedel with Ruda. I'm not excited about that. Uh, bringing up Friedman and playing him on what is his offside, but is a natural side, the right side. Um, I like Friedman a lot, but he and Ruda together is just asking for penalty minutes. Um, it's asking for shorthanded situations. Um, but the only other defenseman out there, and this is where we talk about clearing Ruda's cap space out and who do we want, or they're just not sold on POJ and they're going to play him as a third pairing defenseman. Uh, Calvin DeHaan, I think, is a great option for a guy you can bring in a little older, 32, but you can get him at two years, probably a million and a half, no more certainly than two million per year. Um, has never really paid off on what some people thought his offensive pedigree was, but he's safe, he's sound. He's not physical, but he's safe and he's sound. Safe and sound. Remember that song? I can't sing it very well because I'm a bad singer. Calvin DeHaan on the left side, if you've cleared Ruda's cap space out, um, is going to be a safe option with whoever's on your right side. The only other uh, left side defenseman that I'm necessarily keeping an eye on maybe, but again, if we've got POJ and Pedersen around, the only way this guy makes sense is if I really believe in POJ. Pedersen's been traded maybe. Pedersen has gotten me, I don't know, Hellebuck in a deal. Um, and I didn't have to give up a first round pick. Maybe I gave up a second round pick. Or maybe even I did have to give up the first round pick and Pedersen for Hellebuck. Then maybe you make a call to the ghost. Shane Goss despair. Four years, four and a half million dollars a year, probably skilled. Um, but now you're really talking about a lack of physicality on this blue line, which has been a problem for a while. Um, and I would question Goss despair and Petrie together. Mm. Goss despair and Latang together. I'm really questioning, but it's a name out there that I like. It's probably just going to be an overpayment. 
And again, we're talking about a situation where maybe you've had to deal Pedersen to bring in a Hellebuck. Maybe everything else you've done on the market has been at less than you expected to spend. And you take a look around and you go, oh, wait, okay, we can make this move. And Gostas Bear can be brought in and he can play with Latang and POJ can uh, play with Petrie or POJ can learn under Latang's win. And maybe Gostas Bear plays with Petrie again. I'm not talking moves that I'm necessarily in love with. These are just moves I could see happening. So defensemen we've talked about, and we're left with what about a trade? Now, let's keep this in mind. It is mm, 3.20 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, June 29th. Some of these guys may have been traded by the time you read this. They may have been traded for by the Penguins. Who knows? But if we get to the what about a trade portion of the conversation, which is where we're at, here are some names to keep an eye on that I like anyway. Oh, wait, hold on. No. Intrepid producer Greg Finley. Back it up to what about a defenseman if we're able to do that. I can't believe I forgot this name. I can't believe I forgot this name. Travis Hamanick. This actually would be perfect. If you're even if you're not able to clear, well, I think you'd have to clear Petrie's cap space out and his minutes, or you'd have to be willing to way overpay a third pairing defenseman and slide Petrie down. Hamanick, I think, or play Hamanick as a third pairing defenseman. Probably get him at two years at two and a half, no more than three million. I really like him. He's got size, he's gritty. Classic Yinzerdom, blue collar, uh, tough, defensive first guy who will kill penalties. Um, the wear and tear worries you uh, that he can play 80 games, but I really like Hamannick. Um, If you could, man, if you could have Pedersen, Latang, right? Bring in Hamannick, play him with POJ, and you're limiting POJ's minutes a little bit because maybe you still don't believe in him somehow. I don't know. And then Ruda and Petrie, I like that. I like that a lot. So that was my final Wait, I've got a defenseman on the mind item. Okay, trades now. I'm going to mention all of these, like I said, um, with a big grain of salt, because I don't know when you're going to listen to this and if some of these guys have been traded already or not. Um, Alex Dabrinkit is the one that everybody keeps talking about from Ottawa. I don't think that's a guy the Penguins can fit under the cap, whether it's for one year, whether it's for five years, whether it's for 10 years. He's going to be asking for way too much on an extension. And he's just not big. I'll be honest. I know a lot of people like Dabrinkit. I'm not necessarily a fan of Dabrinkit. Here's somebody who I am a fan of, particularly if you're looking to move Ruda's cap hit out. Noah Hannafin. He's only signed for one more year at just under $5 million. Big, strong, getting bigger and stronger. Good skater. I saw Jesse Marshall mention him the other day. Needs to get meaner, I think. Uh, and better away from the puck, but I love the idea of bringing Hannafin in if you clear out Ruda's cap hit. Another guy I like for experienced right-handed defenseman to play maybe alongside POJ or on a third pairing with Ruda is Brett Pesci. One year, $4 million left on his cap hit. Big dude, 6'3", over 200 pounds. You want a third pairing that goes out there and really roughs up the opposition? Yeah, Pesci, big, not necessarily, I shouldn't say roughs up the opposition. He's not necessarily physical. He would leave that to Ruda, I think. Um, but he's only 28. 
and experienced and still effective. Uh, I think a Dumoulin replacement, but on the other side, right? Um, let's see, who else? Oh, I know who else I like on the blue line, especially trade-wise. If you're talking about a younger Brian Dumoulin, uh, in the making, perhaps, a depth right-handed defenseman without much offense, but solid defensively. And you could pair him with Ruda now and, and maybe Pedersen later and maybe even POJ down the line. He's only 25 years old. Andrew Peak. he signed for three more years with Columbus at almost $3 million a year. I don't know what you'd have to give up, probably a little more than you're comfortable with, but He's got size and, like I said, responsible. He's one to keep an eye on. Um, and then two forwards to keep an eye on that I really like. Um, one, I'm not sure if he's necessarily available or not, but I like the idea of it if he is. Anthony Duclair. His name has been thrown out there. Uh, thrown out there? Thrown out there with one year left on his deal at $3 million on a cap hit. Fast, nice shot, solid setup man as well. Really good hands. Uh, a top six left wing. Uh, so if you're looking for him and Smith, perhaps to sort of uh, jockey back and forth for the Malkin left wing spot, uh, I would have no problem going out and getting Anthony Duclair. Again, don't know what you would have to give up to get him though. And then one final name, because we don't know what's going on in Calgary and they may be tearing things to, to shreds there. He's got one year left at almost 4.9 million. So you'd have to juggle some cap space around here, maybe but he is a prototype third-line center anywhere in the league, especially in Pittsburgh. 20-goal guy, two-way uh, defensive-minded guy who can kill penalties as well, Elias Lindholm. I don't know if he's available, but if he is, the Pens should be making a call, and Kyle Dubas should be all over it. Some names to keep in mind if we're talking trades. But again, again, who knows when you're listening to this and how many of these guys may have already been traded or who knows, maybe signed extensions with their current teams. Who knows? So there we go. I think in a perfect world, what does it look like for me? Let me just take my depth chart out here. I'm, I'm, I'm securing Hellebuck. I'll be honest. I'm doing it. And if it means I've got to deal, uh, I've got to deal Brian Rust, then so be it. Yes, I'm scratching Rust off of my depth chart here. I just scratched him off and I put Hellebuck's name in there at goalie. But you know what? We've only added about a million dollars of cap space there. So let's say we've cleared Petrie and Grandland off. We've cleared both of them off the books. Maybe Petrie in a trade, okay? Maybe Petrie was sent to Winnipeg with Rust. There we go. Okay, so now we've really cleared some cap space off and we bought out Grandland. So we're right around, you know what? We're basically right back where we started, right? So we started at 15.2. We swapped uh, Rust and we swapped Petrie and Hellebuck, right? Those cap hits. And we cleared Rust out. We got to eat a little bit of Granlin, but okay. You know what? We're even right back where we started the offseason, right around 20 mil. See right there? I got a 20 right there. 20. Um, so we're at 20 mil. We need two defensemen and we need at least three forwards. In that case, I'm making the splash for Bertuzzi. I'm doing it. I'm going out and getting Bert. And you know what? I'm giving him five years and five and a half mil apiece. All right, I'm down to 14.5 now, kids. I need another forward. 
You know where I'm going now? I'm going with my Nola Chari piece. Yep, I'm going for Achari. I'm giving him 1.5. I'm down to 13. I've got Achari now at third line center. I'm able to move Paling down to the fourth line. I'm able to move O'Connor to the wing. I like that. Okay, I need mm, at least one more depth wing, and i got to find some defensemen too. You know what? Let's go back around to the... Let's do it. Let's get Connor Clifton in here to play next to Ruda. I like that. That's going to cost us, what, 1.75? Okay, so let's say we're down to 11. We've got Clifton playing next to Ruda. We still need another defenseman. Here's what we, you know what? We're in on Hamannick, too. We're bringing in Hamannick, and we're going to overpay him a little bit so that we can get him on two years. We're going to pay Hamannick three mil. We're down to eight mil now. We've got Hamannick playing with Pedersen. We've got Clifton playing with Ruda. POJ with Latang. Or, again, we can always swap. POJ and Pedersen, depending on how things are going, I wouldn't mind POJ learning from Hamannick, uh, an experienced defenseman at 32 years old, and playing next to him. I've still got to fix my forwards, though, and I've only got $8 million left to do it with. That's okay. I like that number. Let's go back around. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going in on JT Comfer. I'm going to do it. You're, we're, we're building a roster together. I <laughs> I've got to give him a, a longer... No, no, he wants too much term. I just heard from Comfort. He wants like five years and five and a half. So I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm in on Max Domi. Max Domi, and I'm going to give him five years at 4.75. So, hmm. Do I want to do that, though, with a Chari already in the mix? Yeah, you know what? I don't. I want a wing. I want more of a wing. Give me Alexander Kerfoot. Thank you very much. We're going to put Kerfoot out there on the third line. Nylander is going to move down to the fourth line. Okay, I've got Kerfoot on the left side. I've got Achari in the middle. I've got maybe O'Connor on the right side. Okay, I've got Paling on the fourth line now with Nylander. Okay, I like that. I need one more piece. Maybe it's Pustin and up from Wilkes-Barre. Maybe he secures a spot. I mean, I've still got... Mm, another four and a half million left. I don't know. What do you guys want to do with the four and a half million? Oh, I know what I want to do. I've got it. I've got the solution. Nylander is going to move over to the right side. I know we're playing. We're playing some guys on their off wing now, but it's the bottom six. I think we're okay with it. We're going to go out and we're going to get some size for that fourth line. We're going to get Pierre Engvall. And now we've got one, two, three, four, five, six new pieces, seven new pieces counting the goaltender. We have remade this thing in one off season and the big three are still in place. All right. Watch it with me here. Top line, still Gensel, Crosby, Raquel, second line, Riley Smith, Evgeny Malkin, and Tyler Bertuzzi left to right. Your third line, Alexander Kerfoot, Nolachari, and who do I have on the right side there? Oh, Drew O'Connor. Your fourth line, we've got Pierre Engvall, some size out there. I like it. Paling, we've got speed, and we've got Alex Nylander, some touch as well. Our defensemen, POJ and Latang, Pedersen and Hamannick, and Ruda and Clifton. And then we've got Connor Hellebuck in goal with Casey DeSmith behind him. And we've still got, let's see, how much did we pay? Do you guys remember how much we paid Engvall? Oh, we gave him $4 million. So we're down to about... 500,000 in cap space, but that's okay. 
we filled out a roster that's going to take us to at least the second round, if not the Eastern Conference Finals next year. And we did it in just over or just around an hour. There is your free agent primer, Penguin fans. Feel free to leave uh, stuff in the comments on YouTube. And be sure to subscribe, okay? So you get notified as soon as we have the roundtable ready to go after all of this has been done. Maybe I'm being a little too, what's the word I'm looking for? A little too aggressive. But hey, you got to remake things and you got to go after it now. And you got to remake a lot of the depth. I think what we've done here today works. Let me know what you think. Be sure to subscribe again, both in YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll do it again soon after we see how this all shakes out. It's been a joy. Chris Mack with you on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.